0: Welcome to episode one of Connected on Relay FM. Connected is a weekly panel discussion on Apple and the impact of technology on our lives. This episode is brought to you by our fine sponsors: they are Igloo, Smile, Squarespace, and the Omni Group. My name is Mike Curley, and I am joined by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hi, Federico. Hey, Mike. And Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hey, boys. How you doing? Well. Welcome
1: to Relay FM. Turns it's out. so it's so good to be back.
0: So we are back and we're better than ever. Um, the band is back together. Yes. This is
1: like when when the Beatles did, you know, they they got back together at one point, right? I I yes, sure. I think we got to we got ask Dr. Drang.
0: We're like 20 <laughs> seconds in and Dr. Drang's already like punching the
1: He's already upset. So, we're off to a great start.
0: So, uh, connected is uh, the new name um, for the show that we do together, and it is part of Relay FM, which is the the brand new podcast network that we've been working on for a while. So, um, so thank you to everybody who is here. Uh, thank you for finding us in your podcast application of choice. Um, I know the transition maybe wasn't as smooth as we originally intended, but uh, technical things happen, and uh, so I appreciate people coming and finding us and subscribing again to Connected. Um, It is a pleasure to have you here, and we are very happy to be back together again. Now, in our true style, uh, we decided that we would want to start with a bit of a bang today. So we're going to do a very special episode talking about the iPod. Um, And we're going to kind of look at the history of a few different iPod models, ones that we consider to be kind of monumental, um, as you can imagine, uh, we all have thoughts on like the old, the not so old, and the new, um, because that's kind of how we work. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert: there are no new iPods. <laughs> <laughs> and, and guess which one Stephen took the most notes on?
2: Hey, hey, well, hey we, buddy! We were planning this, and um, it just kind of fell to me to do the oldest one. Not a big surprise, right? Um, I'm ancient. well. I mean,
1: at least it's not vinyl.
0: Mm. (laughs) Can't make those jokes anymore. Yeah, Casey's Casey's part of the network now.
2: Yeah, so if he quits, we're in trouble. We are. Um, We're going to go down. So 2001. So let's set the stage. Um, 2001, the first iPod introduction. This was a long time ago. There's references in this keynote to how confusing VHS players are to use. Like, (laughs) it's it's funny, right? Like you guys were like eight and nine years old, right?
1: Something I like do that. remember VHS. I'm not. I'm not that young. I, I think for some reason you think I'm like 15.
2: You had a birthday this past
1: week. Yeah, but I'm weeks, not
2: 15. Two weeks ago now. You're 16 now.
1: Congratulations. <laughs> no, I'm 17. Come
2: on. Um. So, 2001. Uh. Obviously, the Mac is sort of just easing into its uh newfound glory. The iMac's been out for two years. Uh, the titanium power book, some of these machines, it's kind of that era. And jobs starts out with a recap of the digital hub strategy, which was uh, really looking back 10 years later, 15 years later, obviously an inspired uh, thought process that, Hey, you have your Mac and you deal with photos and music and videos. And the Mac is going to be the hub for all those spokes. So your video You import into your Mac, you make a movie, you export it out. You bring your music in, you can play it, you can take it out on your iPod, as we see today. Uh, You have photos. You take them with a digital camera, load them into iPhoto, and then you can share them on the web or have a book printed or that sort of thing. So a very, uh, really in hindsight, a very cohesive strategy to dealing with media. And it, it was really the bread and butter of the Mac for a long time the professional space and this brought it down to the consumer level and uh they're talking about imovie 2 idvd which of course is now dead and uh and itunes 2 um and they demo all this stuff, right? Like <laughs> the iMovie demo is kind of painful.
0: Right? Oh, I love it because they, it's like, oh, an iMovie. People love iMovie so much that they send us in these home videos all the time. And here is a home video from a customer,
1: and it's like it's so, so weird, like a child running around a living room. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What well, I love it when he says that that you can play the video in reverse, so the child works works backwards. <laughs> Super this weird. is <laughs> why yeah. this toddler going on backwards on the screen.
0: That's <laughs> fine. I just love that there clearly wasn't the same like budget then as Apple yeah. has for these sorts of videos now. Like when they do these like demos, because it's like why? Why would you? Why would you do this? It's so. Weird. It's just so strange. This is the first in a line of very strange things that occur in the original iPod introduction.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know now, like they show a product demo, and it's like handsome people surfboarding. but <laughs> Clearly that, that budget. Like, it, it's so funny to me. It's so, I mean, I see why they did it. They wanted to connect people who'd be using it, but um, it's pretty funny.
1: I do love the way, Stephen, that you, that you refer to the digital hub strategy as a very cohesive strategy because I, I, I believe there's, a, there's a, this... Um, the opposite is that it was a cohesive strategy for a very fragmented media world because mm-hmm. people were taking pictures with a the camera, they were taking videos with another device, they were listening to music with another device, and they were using a computer to you know, keep it all together. So there was this contrast between the two, and the fact that Steve Jobs and, and Apple came up with these ideas, I believe in, 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 in you know, looking back at these years before the smartphones, uh, kinda con- and the consolidation of all the, the media capabilities, of the devices that we have. It's so interesting to, to see our company was trying to follow this vision because they, they believed that it was the, you know, the way of the future in a way. And so maybe iDVD and all this stuff is kind of, you know, it, it's weird now, right? Because I mean, what's the appeal of making a DVD with a clickable menu? And, and Steve Jobs was so excited to, to, you know, to show the iDVD interface. But back then, I, I guess it was pretty genius.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it reminds me of that. There's a photo floating around. Maybe we can find it uh, for the show notes, but of like a backpack of like from like 2002 with like a power book <laughs> and like a HD camcorder. And like, now it's like it's all just in your phone and you can do a lot of this on your phone now, right? Like you can, you can fire up iMovie and make a little clip and it's definitely collapsed in on itself to kind of the just a core device. But, uh, it definitely is interesting, and it was so key to like getting families to buy a Mac because you could put, you know, like we were saying about the demo video, make a video of your kids, send it to your grandparents, and they're confused why you know little Johnny is walking backwards. But, um. But it, it's interesting along these lines. Jobs introduces the iPod, and sort of in a framework of you know like a camera doesn't know about iPhoto and i the iPhoto doesn't really know about a camera like it can import but it doesn't really know about it and and they said that the iPod that with music they were going to change that, that they were going to have a device that the iApps as they used to call them
1: knew about I, I love iApps <laughs> I was oh, gonna gosh. say Stephen loves the word iApps, apps" for sure. That's. that's I not think true it's. At I all. think it's
0: fantastic. I just love the iApps. apps, and he keeps saying it like the iApps. <laughs> apps, and I I have no recollection of them being called. This, this. is
1: like when people call the iPod Touch the i Touch. Oh my
2: <laughs> gosh! <laughs> uh, don't even get me started. Or uh, any of the ridiculous things that Casey calls his you know retina pad yeah.
1: mini and the, oh the poly book i cannot forgive those we yes. are gonna we are gonna talk about the eye touch later on this episode federico can i say I've, eye touch i actually have in our yes. in our sort of
0: like <laughs> in our actually like our future topics list for analog i have to berate him uh about his use of these words as
2: co-founder of relay I nominate myself to be a guest on that show because <laughs> I want to destroy him. Just pop in, say them, and leave. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, so Mike, before we get to the iPod, yeah. let's talk about
0: Somebody Awesome. Okay, let's do that. Um, let's talk about Igloo. Now, Igloo are our first sponsor for this week, and they're help- really helping us get uh, connected and relay FM off the ground. Igloo is an internet you'll actually like. Anyone that's worked in a corporate environment like me knows just how horrible and painful intranets can be. In my time inside the corporate world, I've experienced quite a few of these products, products and all the different projects that people have tried to put through to me on these sort of things. And to be honest, they all absolutely suck. But Igloo, it's awesome. It's built with actual human beings in mind. It's easy to use, and it has cloud apps like shared calendars, Twitter-like microblogs, and file sharing to basically bring the new internet in to intranets. It works on your laptop, your tablet, or your phone. So, whether your team is working remotely, whether they're sitting next to you, whether on the other side of the hallway, you're gonna have the right tools to communicate and collaborate as you grow as a team. Now, this sort of stuff sounds really simple, like the fact that you can use it on your laptop, tablet, or phone. But in this world, this is huge. It gives you the flexibility to get your work done however you want. It doesn't mean that you're going to have to try and grab just that laptop or just that phone. You can use any of your devices wherever you want. Igloo is truly building a product that I see as like built for today and for the future. It's not built like it's still 1997. Everything that you need is built right into Igloo. There's no need to manage multiple cloud apps or different services. And everything on Igloo's platform is social. So as you grow, coordinating people and projects becomes even more simple. And they have loads of social features that you're used to, like comments and the ability to like stuff. It has all the social conventions that you use every day. Everything in Igloo is widget-based and -and drag-and-drop, so it's super easy to brand and configure your Igloo. And Igloo makes use of responsive web design, so it looks fantastic on all the devices that you use. A couple of weeks ago, I had a great tour of Igloo myself. Now, this is something that all new Igloo customers get the opportunity to have. It's like a full product demo in which someone from the awesome team at Igloo can give you a real run-through of the product and answer any questions that you may have. I was blown away, not just by Igloo, but by the care and attention of the team. They really seem to care about Igloo. I know that sounds crazy, but they love their product. They even, the the Igloo website is built on top of Igloo itself. Like the website, so igloosoftware.com is built on top of Igloo. They're like, they dog food their product. They believe in it. Something that I really loved from the demo that I had with the guys at Igloo is that inside of a company, people can customize their own homepage. So as a user, if I if we had the Relay FM Igloo, as a user of that, I could with really quick have quick access by dragging and dropping different widgets in, customize my own homepage. So if I want to get to this and this and this really easily, it's all there in front of me. One last thing, Igloo's social internet tour is stopping in London, San Francisco, and New York over the next two months. If you want to go and go along and see Igloo and meet the people, go to igloosoftware.com slash London for more details. But the very best thing, the best thing of all, is that Igloo is free to use for up to 10 people. You can sign up at igloosoftware.com slash connected and get started today. Thanks so much to Igloo for helping us launch Real AFM and for supporting this show. So go show your support for us and them by going to igloosoftware.com slash connected.
1: So during the, the presentation of the original iPod, um, at one point Steve Jobs uh, starts explaining why um, they decided to, to address the music market. And if it's okay with you guys, I would like to play a clip. Now, why music? Well, we love music, and it's always good to do something you love. So, I, uh, I know Stephen that you that you love this quote too, and the fact that it's it's the kind of message that that Apple uh, is still using in a way. The fact that the, that they love music and that it's uh, and the music is in Apple's DNA, and it's always good to do something that you love because you can if you love what you are doing, you can have better results, and. Even with the acquisition of Beats Music and with the various uh, releases of iTunes and all the music announcements in the past few years, we've always seen all this um, care that Apple puts in when it comes to music. And I remember, for instance, when the Beatles uh, were released on iTunes, Apple had a, a full-on uh, event on their website <laughs> and, and the press release. So music is a very much an Apple thing. And... I also wanted to kind of highlight um, when Steve Jobs says that music is for everyone and everybody gets music. That I've always thought that that was true because, I mean, who doesn't like music, right? Who doesn't like a good song? Uh, it turns out <laughs> that according to modern research, there are some people who are physically not capable of enjoying music. And that's an actual condition. And I have a link to an article from The Verge Uh, So technically, uh, music is not for everyone. But I guess in general, everybody loves music. So of course, it makes sense for Apple and it makes sense for Steve Jobs, I guess, to go on and enter the mobile device market with a music player.
2: Yeah, and he kind of opens things up by explaining the the landscape of these devices. You know, it's a very Apple thing to do of, hey, we're going to make a smartphone um, look at all these terrible smartphones, and then builds the case of how his is better. and they they do the same thing here and what the the bit that really jumped out at me was uh, like the price and size of the current players and i I did not have an mp3 player before my first iPod, but I know a lot of people did, and you know the stats that that Apple that the jobs shared was like CDs were about five dollars a song flash players are about $10 a song and a hard disc jukebox player as he called it which is like a mouthful um and uh that was about 30 cents a song and so you know Jobs kind of built the case that you know these hard ba- hard disk based hard drive based players might be more expensive but you get more bang for your buck and he got you see that that thread as he continues um which is uh which is pretty interesting.
1: I love this simple uh, table that Steve Jobs shows on the screen because it it really shows you the kind of thinking that went into the iPod and in general, I guess, into Apple's design process because it's it's showing CD player and all these other dedicated devices. And instead, it says, we're going after the hard drive market because we want to offer basically a hard drive that plays music. So it, it gets you thinking, oh God, is Apple going to release a new hard drive just for music? <laughs> and then they surprise you because it's it's technically a hard drive, a very portable one, but it's the kind of, you know, you can see in this, in this simple uh, chart that the kind of process that goes into making this kind of product. And we would see later with the iPhone uh, Apple really likes all these comparisons, right? Taking a look at the competition and showing you bad smartphones and then showing you the actual product. And I just I just love the way that, that it that it says uh, hard disc-based jukebox player. I think yeah. that they should have called the iPod the, the jukebox player with the hard disk. <laughs> Mike I know I know Mike that she, that she wanted to talk about the iPod name.
0: I so I'm, as I'm watching this, I'm like I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the mindset of people in 2001 and trying to understand the product launch. And as I'm doing it, I'm, I'm I'm trying to think to myself, why did they call this the iPod? Like there are so many names that kind of could have made sense uh, in in this scenario. Like I was thinking of maybe some like I don't know like iTrack or like iTunes or i beat just something music related right i mean the iphone is the phone the ipad i mean you can kind of get it like it's like a tablet like a touchpad, like it's like you know you can see that but i still i I don't know if i'm missing something but to this day i still can't understand why it's called the ipod
1: i i think it for apple it was because um um it was like a sci-fi thing because the, the the pod was like um like a little uh, like a shuttle pod in, in Star Trek or something? I think Steven knows more than me..: here. <laughs>
2: uh, yes, I mean, it's sort of a nerdy name, like
1: yeah, because from my from my video game background, um, the pod is basically like um, Mike, do you know the old uh, like 2D shooter games where you have to move like a little uh, spaceship to shoot stuff? And there was, a, uh, I think it was Gradius, um, this game where you had a pod, which is like an extension of the main spaceship. <laughs> so right. I'm, I'm guessing from this perspective, you can consider the iPod like an extension of yourself, but, you know, that plays music. It's just, it bec- the device becomes part of your lifestyle. And so uh, I've always considered uh, knowing this, this pod Thing from, from video games, I've always seen the, the iPod name as the iPod is an extension of me and I always carry the iPod with me because I always want to listen to music. And, and from this perspective, I, I was also looking at the original marketing of the iPod with the, with the black, uh, white on black um, silhouettes and, and the, you know, the people dancing and, and, and jumping. Uh, you can see that the iPod is represented and, and is visualized as an extension uh, in the marketing campaigns. So that, that was my, my idea. And then I was reading about the iPod name, and I'm pretty sure that I read the Star Trek reference about the Shuttle Pod. And so Steve Jobs liked the name, and they used the iPod name.
2: Yeah, and they they kind of share the name, and then they get to the, uh, the big statement of a thousand, thousand songs... songs. In in your your pocket. pocket. and and I mean that's a line that really like we'll see in the next five hours of the show like that line keeps coming back and and again tying it back to the top of there's these other players but you can't you can't put your music library on them a flash based player is more or less a couple of CDs like it's it was a whole new approach of hey because we have a hard drive you can put all of your music on this and because you can do that to Federico's point. You, it, it is an extension. It is like you're taking your your whole music, which a lot of people identify with music, and that's how uh, people self-identify. Of hey, you know, I'm a this fan of this band. I'm a fan of this group. Um, I followed Fish on tour for four years. It, it's a very personal thing, and so to have all of that with you in a device that put that you could put in your pocket was huge. Um, and you know, he kind of chucks and jives a little bit about, um, about CDs, as you can, you can hear in this next clip. This is huge. How many
3: times have you gone on the road with a CD player and said, oh God, the CD, I didn't bring a CD I wanted to listen to. To have your whole music library with you at all times is a quantum leap in listening to music. The coolest thing about iPod is that whole, your entire music library fits in your pocket. You can take your whole music library with you right in your pocket. Never before possible. So that's iPod.
2: Uh, Which I just find really funny in 2014. Like, (laughs) (laughs) rifling through your car to put a CD player in your dashboard seems, A, incredibly dangerous uh but it's so so you find it
1: funny i still have a cd player in my car so do I. I i
2: just bought a brand new car when we were on break and like brand new car ordered from the factory i can put a cd player in it i can put a, I can put a cd in it. it's got a cd player it's you crazy. guys
0: you guys need six cd changes that's what you need
2: Yeah, i don't have that uh... and you need the car <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> i only um, own cd players i don't own cars so could you
2: is the does each like little seat on the tube have a built in C D player? Yes. Perfect. God that's final, um, you just put
0: an LP in there. Hmm.
2: So <laughs> I don't think you know how LPs work. Uh I really think like all of this together is like jobs like jobs is on fire in this keynote. It's it's not as good as jobs of the iPhone keynote. I think we're in agreement that that's his best performance. But I would argue this might be his second best. Um hmm uh i just i like the humor i
0: like the the demo that we're gonna talk about is really good um it's really different though like the whole setting is different so in in case you haven't watched the video they're like i assume they're in the town hall yes and so it's it's a very intimate uh setting everyone's kind of really close to steve um There's, you know, I think it's just it's, it's just press. It's just press. And and you know, this is a time when at this time, kind of nobody really cared, like yeah, what they th- had to no, say.
2: There's no fi- there's no fist pump guy here. Yeah, like
0: it's it's a pretty subdued crowd. Um,
1: I saw Jason Snell.
2: Oh, was he power sliding? No, he was sitting aisle? down. But you know, I did not see Jason. What I We're did see
1: Jason. I'm gonna have a screenshot. Yeah. Yes. I need
2: that. Yes. We'll put him in the show notes, Mike.
0: I wanna put you on the spot. Where are show notes for our newfangled show? Just go no, it go to <laughs> relay, relay.fm slash connected slash one.
2: Perfect. I assume that's the URL. I should know the URL structure, but you designed it, so Hey! <laughs> hey! Um so Jobs moves into the big like features, right? Like this is a, an Apple presentation, right? Three big features. Uh, The first one being all about the portability, that this is ultra portable, um, good battery life, 10 hours of battery life. Uh, He kind of makes a joke that the battery
0: is better than what they put in their laptops at the time. Um, (laughs) He mentions one thing. He says 20 minute skip protection.
1: What does that actually really mean? Oh, you don't know what's the
0: shock protection? No, no, I know what it does, but how can it be 20 minutes? I assume it's like caching the next 20 minutes? Yeah, yes. it's like buffering, yeah. yeah. So, I, yeah, because I guess it could also do it with shuffle, right? Because it knows what's going to be there. Anyway, yeah, it, so shuffle, it would that.
2: pre. my understanding was it would preload... Um, and so they did it so, like, you, you could shake the thing for 20 minutes. I mean, you'd probably damage the hard drive. <laughs> but in destroying your device,
0: the music wouldn't skip.
2: All <laughs> right. It's, so it's, it's not like a rolling side.
0: 20 minutes. If you run from one in 20 minutes, you're screwed. I'm sure it's rolling. All right. So um, it's infinite skip protection. I, I, I don't actually, do you know what? Let's move on because I'm going to start getting an email about this. Uh, yeah. Wanna... So
2: a couple of just quick tech specs because that's sort of my job. Um, FireWire for charging and sync. A CD would copy in five to ten seconds, which when they does the demo, oh. like you can tell, it's like mind-blowingly fast.
0: No, but it's the worst demo
2: ever. <laughs> Are we at he that sings point yet yeah? an entire
0: library <laughs> and it's like minutes. And <laughs> they're just sitting there in it's silence, complete silence. Like so, he's like, "Okay, we're now gonna copy like a thousand songs." I'm jumping ahead here. I know I've got this in my notes somewhere. It's, so he like copies like a few hundred songs, and it takes like five minutes. And he just everyone just has to sit and wait. And he's like, "Oh, yeah. look how fast this is!" And i are yeah. like, "Yep." He's like, "Look how quick this is." That's twenty more songs. I'm like, oh my god, Steve, you're killing me. He has well, an actually. audience
1: of. I guess at least a couple of dozen people just looking at a screen at a progress bar and just <laughs> contemplating iTunes sync, which just watching this thing was both creepy and amusing because there are people just waiting for iTunes to finish. It's yeah. just
2: weird. I don't. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's not the worst demo. Yeah, it's a it's a a little look into how it is every time I sync my iPod today. Oh. Um, you just see that. Well, well and watch. We remember, like it's just USB 1.1 at this point, so a CD would take like five minutes on USB, and it, so it was. And remember, the audience is technical journalists, right? Like I'm sure Jason Snell was super excited about this, not to put words in his mouth, but I bet he was super excited. About
0: this. <laughs> um, we could get. I hope we get some actual follow up from Jason in this scenario. Yeah. So, um, so
2: about 20 minutes in, he starts talking about. The product itself it's the size of a deck of cards um which i don't know so i i'm i actually dug up a friend of mine's got a second gen ipod which is basically the same click wheels a little different um and it is humongous today but it really is like the size of a deck of like casino cards it's it's unbelievable um <laughs> there's actually like a, a quote from jobs that, it has apple
1: design like
2: what does that mean?
1: Like, it's <laughs> somebody else didn't design it, really? Yeah. Oh, I thought HP designed that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, love when he it says um, it's lighter than most cell phones. Because, and then later he he, he shows like a, com- a comparison with uh, the Motorola. Um, what was that? The oh no, uh, I guess it's the, years later. Yeah, you always you always like to, to to make comparisons with cell phones right? Yeah. yeah. I, I guess I guess at this point in 2001 which kind of cell phones do we have? It's like the huge Nokia phones.
2: Yeah, yeah. pretty terrible ones. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it's it is, it's It's pretty funny. Um. He so then he, he reveals it about 20 minutes in.
3: Boom. That's iPod. I haven't had have one right here in my pocket, matter of fact. <laughs> there it is,
2: right there. <laughs> so it's The idea again, all of your music library in your front pocket. I mean, it, I I remember this happening. I I was already a Mac user, but not like hardcore. And I remember like when this news broke, I remember reading about it on like Mac, like in in Macworld, like this seems impossible. Like it it really seemed like something from the future. And
0: it's, it's pretty great. So. Here's a bit that's from the past. Uh, and this this might be uh, one of my, my favorite moments in the worst possible way. But iPod's even
3: more than music. Because we've got a five gigabyte hard drive in it and we've got FireWire. And so iPod is also a FireWire hard drive. You can actually use it as a FireWire hard drive and drag your documents, your photos, whatever else, right alongside your music on it. And use it to transport those uh, to another computer.
0: So we now know that it's more than a a music player. It's also a FireWire hard drive. I I think the the idea of... Whatever, dude. I love that feature. I'm sure you did. but (laughs) It's like, oh my God, what is this? How is this like a a big selling point? You can drag your documents and photos (laughs) and take them to another computer. That's amazing. (laughs) Because it's a FireWire hard drive, it's also a FireWire hard drive. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, Yeah. you, you got to understand, Mike, that for some people, this idea of transferring files is, is still new.
0: Oh, I remember uh, my, my iPod photo and enabling the, what was it, something disk mode? Disk mode. Yeah. It, and it was like enable disk mode was the check. I was able like. to put my like coursework on it and take it to to college. Like yeah, it was it was cool,
1: but like to think it's like
0: that was a selling point and that, is, that just makes me so sad.
1: My we're, dad just learned how to use a USB thumb drive a few days ago. So I guess there's a market for you know people who don't know how computers work. Were you involved in this in any way? I I was, yeah. I basically he asked me if it was possible to move um, a document he wrote on his computer to another person's computer. <laughs> nope. Uh, and I was, <laughs> I was pretty surprised because I, I, I couldn't understand whether he was serious or not. And it turns out it was really serious. And, and so I explained the concept of a USB thumb drive um, and, and, and it was like, do you have one? And of course I had some at, at back in my place and it, and it was so happy when the other person received the document through the USB thumb drive and, and it was really excited. <laughs> so yeah. I guess I, I could probably just find my old iPod Classic and just explain <laughs> that, that that's a really big hard drive. <laughs> and maybe of, he will be excited.
2: Yeah. Full of rap music. Um, Yeah, there's actually... I put a, a link in the show notes uh, for OS 10 Panther. There was a rumor. I think there was actually some documentation from Apple that... They were gonna allow iPod users uh, to like sync their home folders over. So like, I could have my entire home folder on my iPod. I could go to Mike's house, plug my iPod in, and like log into that user. That's, that uh, sounds such. It a never bad saw a light of day, and I think the the 1.8 inch hard drives that Apple continues to use that's what's in my iPod Classic that I maybe just bought three months ago uh those hard drives are really slow and so i think i think the performance alone is what killed that that feature but uh if, to have it in your you know to have it in your bag to have it in your pocket as a as an emergency backup i mean why not right like it's just a checkbox it's a uh, you know it's funny now but I, I think it was useful
0: for a lot of people so let's take our second break uh for this week's episode to thank our next sponsor and that is the fantastic people Over at Smile, and today I want to talk to you about Text Expander. If you ever type the same sentences, phrases, or even words on a regular basis, then you need Text Expander in your life. Text Expander saves you time and effort by expanding short abbreviations into frequently used texts, maybe even pictures, if you want to do that. Whether it's simple, Something like an email signature, or maybe it's several paragraphs of a standard response that you send frequently. You're going to love how easy it is to use Text Expander to avoid typing the same thing over and over. Maybe you have to frequently fill in forms with the same information. Well, you can make this super simple by creating a fill-in snippet. So in just a couple of keystrokes, you can fill in a form with multiple fields that may have taken you minutes to complete before. This just shows some of the incredible power that you can have with TextExpander. You once you've been setting up all of your snippets and you've got all your words, your phrases, the forms that you fill in all ready, you can sync all of these snippets via Dropbox and use them on multiple devices and even with TextExpander Touch on iOS. This means that all of your snippets are going to stay in and all of your devices. You can access your Text Expander snippets inside Smiles' iOS app or enable Text Expander in the 60 plus apps in the store that have integrated snippets. Many of these are some of our favorite applications like On the Outliner 2, Day One, Fantastic How 2 Draft, Launch Center Pro, Editorial, and many, many more. They all integrate with Text Expander Touch on iOS. Personally, I adore TextExpander. I have a bunch of words and phrases that I type so often, like all the sponsor information for these shows, the show names, the URLs, and all that sort of stuff, and I have snippets for all of them. I wouldn't know what I would do without TextExpander now. Every time I hear that little bloop sound, it makes when I'm expanding a snippet, I know I've done something awesome. It's one of the first apps I install on all of my devices. It's just part of what makes my Mac work properly. Without it, I'm totally lost. Just typing random characters all over the place, hoping that I'll be saving time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, CCO, nothing happens. I'm like, what's happening? So it's terrible when I'm at work. the Windows machines, it makes me very sad. You can learn more about Texas TextExpander at smilesoftware.com slash connected. You're also going to see a, a fantastic video by our friend David Sparks telling you even more about what TextExpander can do. So go to smilesoftware.com slash connected and TextExpander Touch is available on the App Store. A thousand songs in your pocket. We think this is a major, major
3: breakthrough.
2: Yeah, so it's so like we talked about a second ago. A pretty subdued reaction to what in hindsight becomes a very important piece of marketing. And, and again, like we been talking about a really important factor in, in the iPod success. Um, no fist pump guy, no, nobody screaming and, and clapping. But yeah, uh, I have to say out of all of Apple's marketing over the last 10, 15 years, like a thousand songs in your pocket, pretty dang good. Maybe.
0: Yeah
2: if not the best, definitely in the top two or three lines. Um, one of the few that I can remember, honestly, offhand, like, I, you know, that's a phrase that if you asked me what the iPod marketing line was, you know, ladies, uh, <laughs> that would be one, like, that's one that I remember. It's um, one
0: of those marketing lines that's so good, it could have only been so good by accident. Like, you couldn't have made something this fantastic uh, and, like, assume it to last you for the next X amount of years. Like, it's just such a good line that just takes on its own personality and runs with it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so they, they kind of move away from storage and portability and, and moving into talking about how easy it is to use. So, like we said at the top of the show, there's a joke about VCRs. Um Mike you put in the note or I think Federico you put in the notes in all capital letters
1: apples a legendary ease of use. Yeah that's that's the actual description that they use in the in the in the presentation legendary ease of use
2: <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Well our second major breakthrough is we have applied apple's
2: legendary ease of use to ipod.
3: It's not um, just it's
0: not just regular it's not normal ease of use this it's is legendary, legendary guys. Yes.
2: Yeah and so they they start talking about the interface uh that The demo is actually really pretty clever. If you watch the video, the iPod is on a desk and there's a camera straight above it, like they do with the iPhone and things later. Um, So you see like Jobs, like finger going around the wheel and he makes a joke about how he chooses fingernails, which I found like a really like kind of charming comment in the keynote. Like he he made a joke about maybe I should have uh, a hand model up here, but I don't know, something about that really felt nice to hear.
3: And uh, here we are. You can see my finger there. I bite my fingernails. so <laughs> Should have had a finger artist.
2: Um, so they they show the scroll wheel and how it's very easy to scroll and click through play, playlist artists, and albums. Uh, he makes a big point about the clicker, you know, the actual little sound effect that tick, 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 tick as you go around. And I think it's really important because it, it really gave feedback to what was happening. And if you, if you watch the video or if you have ever spent any time with an iPod with the click turned on, it is a one to one feedback mechanism on you know the the highlight moves down the screen and I get a click it's it's a very positive reinforcement that this sort of device you know you're moving your thumb around in a circle that uh that it's doing what it's supposed to do I mean, we still so have I d- it today
0: we have the the clicky iPhone keyboard like it, exactly. it continues like i i feel like that there is a way of you know those two things bouncing together
1: I didn't yeah. know that the original uh, scroll wheel actually moved.
0: It did. So I, it, I
1: always thought that the click wheel was always the same. You know, that like a touch click wheel.
2: Yeah, the second gen, so the one that my friend has is uh, is solid state. But the yeah, the first one is a mechanical piece that actually actually spins around.
0: That's not as uh, legendary. I
1: feel so. I was I was reading a, a bunch of articles about the history of the iPod, and um, so Schiller's uh, team came up with the idea of the scroll wheel when they because basically the the, the conception of the iPod happened rather quickly uh, when when Apple uh, brought in Tony Fadell from I guess he was working at Philips or he had working, uh worked at Philips anyway he, they brought in Tony Fadell and they gave him the job to basically in six weeks, to came up with a concept for the iPod. And, and the team of Phil Schiller um, came up with the idea of the scroll wheel, which, which, uh, which Steve Jobs uh, liked a lot. And as for the software, um, I didn't know that the, the original iPod and other iPods as well, they were using a, basically a licensed software that Apple tweaked to get the design and the, the interactions right. Actually, they used a bunch of different licensed uh, programs to uh, to run the software on the iPod, to handle the connection with iTunes. And I, I thought that all the software was made by Apple, which wasn't. So Apple's there was a
0: legendarily licensed ease of use.
1: Yeah. In some cases, in some (laughs) cases. So I I, I was wondering if you guys think that the way that the iPod um, was uh, organized um, browsing music by playlists or or songs or artists, whether you think that basically that was uh, Steve Jobs' (laughs) uh, taste apply to music organization because uh, we always hear these stories about how Steve Jobs was a great you know music fan and and he was always listening to the Beatles and Bob Dylan and other artists and uh, when when I watch this demo when I watch this video uh more than any, any other products I see Jobs taste applied to every aspect of the iPod
2: yeah i think so i think it's I think the way he talks about it is is a very personal thing. And uh, I definitely see, you know, you can take a, a step from here and look at the other iPods. I actually just watched the keynote where they introduced the um, iMac G5 with iSight in front row. And he talks about the Apple remote that, hey, there's like six buttons on our remote and the windows media remotes have like 81 buttons. And he kind of, it's that sort of same sort of idea. Like, that it's it's simple, but it's powerful.
1: One last um, cool little fact before we move on. Um, At one point during the demo, he plays um, uh, basically a Bach uh, prelude uh, performed by Yo-Yo Ma. And this is the same song that Apple would use as a tribute to Steve Jobs after his death. And I have a link in the show notes that I, that I wrote up on Mac Stories uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, basically, this Yo-Yo Ma song is more, is more accurate um, because it, it's arranged in a different way, in the same way that they used to play the cello back in Baroque times. And Steve Jobs was a huge yo yoma fan. And we, you, we, we can see uh, this, little, you know, this little quick demo of a yo yoma song. In the in the original iPod announcement,
2: yeah. So he he wraps up the iPod announcement talking about iTunes that uh, you can, like we talked about, you can sync the whole library over. There's a really painful demo, and uh, and that's what the first um, the first ad is about actually, which I liked, but I don't think Mike did.
0: So this is the ad with the dancing guy. I yeah. cannot. Cannot abide that ad. It I do not like it at all. It, it kind of drives me crazy. It's uh, it, it's just seems like bad, just bad marketing. It's just not fun. It's like dumb. Like the yeah. the the, the, uh, the ads that come after it, like the silhouette ads, are fantastic, but this ad I, I I'm not a big fan of.
1: Yeah, it gives the idea that you can keep playing a song at the same position when you when you pick up your iPod. But iTunes didn't sync playback position, so the ad is technically wrong. Uh, it's just a thing that I noticed. <laughs> I'm, not <sure laughs> I'm
2: not sure that's accurate. I don't. I don't remember. I feel like at some point it did. I don't know. Mm. Anyways, I I like the ad because it it gets it gets to the very heart of the product. That hey, you have music that's like locked away on your computer, but you can stick it in your pocket and like dance around your apartment and then go to work with it. Um, but it's not the only video they showed. Apple, they don't really do this anymore. I mean, they do, but they're shorter. Apple used to have, like, these eight-minute product videos uh, where they would have, like, talking heads of... So, like, when they did, like, the like a Power Mac G4, they would have, like, a, a you know... The Apple guys would have a guy from Adobe, they'd have a guy from Pixar saying, hey, this machine does XYZ and really quickly. Um, for the iPod, though, they had a bunch of musicians
0: on it, and... It's it's kind of interesting. So they have uh, they have Moby, they have Steve Harwell from Smash Mouth, yes, who who I'd (laughs) forgotten existed. I forgot Smash Mouth was a thing. (laughs) And they have Seal as well. Uh, And I just love their, like, the way that they talk about the iPod is just so strange. Like, Steve High was like, I'm gonna get my girlfriend one. I'm like, (laughs) I don't understand. What are you doing? He just needed to let people know he had
2: a girlfriend.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, this guy is not even a gentleman because he doesn't want to give his iPod to his girlfriend. It's It's just, yeah. This Moby is confused. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's really skeptical as to whether as to how technology works. Yeah, he like, just likes the iPod.
2: <laughs> I didn't know I could play music on a device. Like it, it's kind of sad. Um, it's pretty pretty interesting. Um, but time marches on, and so so should we. So I think maybe we should move on from the original iPod and step take a step closer to the present. That sound good? Can, sounds can like we, good can card, we can yeah. we
1: just close? can we just close with the famous quote from slash dot <laughs> Yes no wireless, less space than a nomad lame What's a nomad uh the the, the music player
2: <laughs> yeah there was a yeah it's in the show notes. There was a, a music player by creative called the Nomad, which uh, is actually not a bad name for like a portable device, but a terrible product so
1: and actually, creative sued Apple over a patent for uh, organizing files um, to playback in uh, through the music player. And Apple settled for $100 million and allowed Creative to make um, accessories with the made-for-iPod program. Hmm. Yeah.
2: Today I learned. So 2004, i going to fast forward a couple of years, uh, what we view as the next... Uh, landmark iPod is the iPod Mini. Uh, At this point the iPod had 31% of the market share um, for portable media players and Apple wanted to go up against the Flash players which at this point could hold 30 to 60 songs Um, and Jobs sort of attacked this uh, by introducing a new member of the family. Well we are going to
3: introduce the second member of the iPod family today to go after these guys. <laughs> and
2: it's called the iPod Mini. It's interesting. In that clip, unlike the one uh, before, the Jason Snell's excited at this one, and there's, like, clapping. Uh, I don't think there's a fist pump guy, but people are definitely definitely excited. Um,
0: well, and, I think because at this point, people would bought into the iPod. Yeah, um as a sure. thing. And and like to for there to be a new product, you know, it's been a few years. The iPod's gained some traction. At this point it's on Windows, right, as well. Yes. So it's starting to like to gain leverage. I it's also been red by this point as well, hasn't it? It does it doesn't have those physical scrolling.
2: Yeah. At this point I think we're up to the third gen that had the scroll wheel and then the four buttons across the top that were backlit in red. Um it's about the same time. That was my first iPod. I didn't like the, the red
0: the red backlighting. Uh,
2: I think I have sentimental attachment because it was my first one, but objectively it's sort of a terrible iPod. Um, but the Mini is interesting because Jobs says, look, we're going after the Flash players, but we're going to do it with a hard drive-based iPod. The iPod Mini had a hard drive. And there's a, a little screen cap in our show notes where they're it's low
0: resolution it. because the video guys, there's nothing yeah, I can do about it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's mic's
2: really good at screenshots. <laughs> um mic chats for images. The iPod mini, four gig hard drive, so a thousand songs. And the Syracuse, who might you know the Syracusean listeners might notice, hey, the first iPod was five gigs and had a thousand songs in your pocket. This one is four gigs and the same number of songs. Well, Apple kind of ha- did some hand-wavy stuff and said, well, you know, compression's gotten
0: better, which was sort of true. Are they at AAC at this point? Uh,
2: You know, you'd think I would know that? I don't... Maybe. Oh. I, I, I think so.
0: Are you accidentally going to let like, set on fire now? like? I-, <laughs> I know.
2: Well, <laughs> you can email us at Mike at Relay.fm. Mm-hmm. Um, so 249 bucks. So a little more expensive than some of these Flash players, but yeah that way Yeah, it's, that, way it's that
0: great. it. I, yeah, it's a, that it's it's a great idea. It's like, it's 16 times more storage, 16 times more songs. It's half the thickness, and it's only $50 more. Yeah, it says, the exact quote is, you get
3: 940 more songs for $50. <laughs> and
1: now it Mike, says it's th- the best $50 you'll ever spend. <laughs> <laughs> ever. <laughs>
2: All of life. Yeah. Um, Mike, this I was did, your I, first iPod, right?
0: It was my first iPod. I was one of the people... Um, that was like, oh, I don't understand what an iPod's for. Like, the original iPod is like, I don't get it. And then as soon as the iPod Mini came out, I was like, yeah, I get it. Because it was kind of like, cool, and it looked good. Now, I went to... I've told this story before, but, like, I went to buy one. And (laughs) they only had uh, green and pink. For some reason, I really didn't want green, so I I had a pink iPod Mini. Um, Fine. But I think, like... If you look at this, like if you look at this sort of chart, and and the one that's in the show notes, you can see it's such a huge leap, and like, and you can kind of see how when you look at like what was available at the time, how much it costs. You could get sixty songs on something; it cost you two hundred dollars, or for two hundred and fifty, you could get a thousand. You can see how the iPod Mini ended up making such a massive impact, and. I, I personally believe, and um, you know, I, I'd like to believe I'm not the only person in this, this thinking, that the iPod Mini as a product was a huge turning point for Apple. Like, it got people of my age at the time interested in them as a company. Like, the iPod Mini was my first Apple product. Um, and... I knew that from the iPod mini, I then started to get more interested in all of technology and in Apple. And then my sort of love affair of it, Apple went on from there. I got like all the new iPod revisions in the same way that we get iPod uh, iPhones and iPads now. Then I sort of got into the Mac. But the iPod mini became like a fashion statement um, as well as a way for me to discover new music. And it was like that for people, like my, my peers at the time, like people my age in school. We loved that, we had these devices that looked really cool and they could put all our music on them. And it kind of coincided with this rise in music piracy, like in, in my generation. Um, so it became like a device that was super important to me because I was able to like, listen to the music I was discovering. It also turned me into Apple products. And it was like this sort of transitionary product in my lifetime that, Kind of, it took my gaining, growing interest in music and technology, and really kind of like pushed it forward. And it was just like a really important device in my life. So the iPod Mini means a lot to me.
1: Yeah, and and I saw the same uh, uh, back in my high school years when when uh, this device started to to gain traction, and I was so jealous of people who could afford an iPod, and I had one of those uh, ugly and and clunky MP3 players. Um, that copied essentially the original iPod. Uh, I had one from Acer, and I was so jealous of the people with the, iPod, with the iPod, and I wanted to use the iPod. And 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 I guess the iPod, and especially the iPod Mini, uh, kind of started the revolution. I guess of uh, having music always with you. And 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 I remember it clearly the the act of sharing an iPod and sharing uh, your uh, headphones with somebody else, for instance, I remember when when maybe we had a school trip to i don't know we went to visit museums or other cities and while on the bus, we would share headphones and actually earphones and 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 it was so new to me because I was used to c d players and then I was used to to my 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 big and ugly m p three player and the iPod mini was just so it was just cool you know it, it was fresh and it was and it was a fashion statement like you said Mike and 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 it was a like for me it, the moment the like the turning point would be the iPod Nano a few years later not the mini but I, I remember when I first saw the iPod mini and and I was like I want that and so yeah it it was just a massive change you know
2: yeah it the iPod mini sold on the sex appeal that it was you said it was a fashion item i mean it's the whole reason they did colors and i remember for me at least just sort of kind of as a you know apple watcher like i didn't see a lot of like regular ipods they call them the white ipod like the full-size ipod um but out and about i started seeing a lot of ipod minis and then it just really took off from there especially with the nano um but the iPod Mini also introduced some technology. It introduced the, the actual the click wheel as we know it today, where um, if you kind of view as the middle of the button raised a little bit, it pivots down, so you can hit menu or fast forward or back. Uh, the, the button kind of pivots, and it made it really easy for one-handed use. And Apple kind of, I think, viewed the iPod Mini as like the, the iPod that you could work out with. So you saw a lot of people running with it, biking with it you saw it in the gym a lot and that one-handed use was really important and that click wheel, until well today still on the classic uh still basically the same technology um you know they had they had an armband and everything and and again this this was a uh this was a fashion accessory accessory i think this lays the groundwork for uh future ipods like like the nano
0: so it came with a a belt clip the the ipod mini <laughs> and and I remember uh clipping mine to my belt. So it was on show and that was a thing. Like you would you wanted to show it off. You're like, Yeah, I have an iPod mini. Like you would show it off and that, and that was again, like it was it seemed to be something that people did. You clip it to the belt. and I actually would wear a belt. I wasn't wearing a belt until I got an iPod mini. And I started buying belts to clip my iPods to. Um it's yeah. It it was a big thing for me.
1: I, I remember seeing on, on uh, an Italian magazine once uh, a cover story about the iPod mini, and I remember the article saying that the iPod Mini was the new hot accessory, and because all celebrities were, were using you know an iPod, and they were showing all uh, these uh, gold and pink iPod minis and I, I just remember the article because now that I, that I write about Apple for a living and now they were talking about beats, music and beats and fashion, it just seems to come back. You know, from 10 years ago, this kind of change in Apple to to wanting to address a larger market, not just the nerds, but normal people with a taste and and attention to, to fashion trends and to celebrities and what famous people do or buy. And the iPod Mini is, I guess, a turning point for that.
0: So I want to take a moment to thank our third sponsor for this week's episode before we then dive into the iPod Nano, and that is Squarespace. They are the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and enter the offer code WORLD at checkout. A better web starts with your website And that all starts with Squarespace. Squarespace have their beautiful award-winning templates that you can choose from, but custom CSS can be applied to any template and any of their designs through their built-in custom CSS editor, which also provides image and font file storage for CSS assets. They feature Typekit and Google Fonts right out of the box, allowing you to select a truly beautiful typeface for your website or blog. They do some really amazing stuff with images too. This is something that we don't focus too much on about Squarespace, but I was playing around with this recently and I wanted to tell you about it. They have a really powerful editor built right in, powered by Aviary, which is allowing you to really simply and easily edit your photos. They have progressive image loading built right into their sites, so which basically what this does. Is it ensures that images at the top of a page load faster for your visitors, making your site seem even more responsive and more snappy. So images that are like below the fold and down further on the page, they load later. They load later on, so it's constantly loading. It's pretty cool. So Squarespace also store multiple sizes of your images, and they do this all on, on their end. You don't pay anything for this; it's all included, and they ensure that the correct version of an image is then loaded, dependent on the screen size and resolution. So they're making sure that your site always loads quickly. They make using third-party applications and third-party services like Typekit, Google Analytics, and Disqus really easy. If all you have to do is you just enter your user ID and Squarespace takes care of the rest. And you do this all in the settings pane in Squarespace. If you want to dig into the code of any Squarespace site, you can do that really easily. You can inject custom code into your site's header or footer on a per-page basis. You can get under the hood. They even in build and, and do, take care of all feed redirects and 301, 302 redirects. All that sort of stuff is easily built in and easily supported. Squarespace think of everything and they do all of this built on a rock solid hosting platform with 24-7 support iPhone and iPad apps built-in analytics and so much more Squarespace plans start at $8 a month and include a free domain name if you sign up for a year. They feature responsive web design and even Squarespace Commerce, which is their online store functionality. Every single site comes with the ability to add a store. You can start a free trial right now with no credit card required and build your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure that you use the offer code WORLD, that's W-O-R-L-D, it's going to get you 10% off your first purchase and show your support for Connected. We thank Squarespace so much for their support of Connected, and helping to get Relay FM off the ground. As Squarespace, a better web starts with your website. So, the iPod Nano, introduced in 2005. By this point, you can kind of see the shift. So, there's a big shift from the iPod Mini to the iPod Nano. So, it's only a couple of years. But basically, Jobs starts by saying that the Mini is now the most popular MP3 player in the world. So, this is like. What was it like one or two years later?
1: Uh, it was uh, less than two years later. Yep.
0: So it's kind of incredible to see that change. And then he kind of goes on saying something, which I think is really cool.
3: Well, today we're going to do something pretty bold. Today, we're going to replace
0: it. I think that's. I think that's such an awesome, like really like heavy thing to do.
2: It's, to a degree, it's. You know, it's sort of Apple at this point. You know, they're they're kind of on top of their game and they know that, you know, they can basically do what they want with the iPod and and as long as it's new and better, it will be successful. And I think the nano is a is a was a marked improvement over the mini. Um it he talks about, you know, a thousand songs in your pocket and then he goes uh He goes to reveal the the, the Nano itself, and it's so genius, we just really just wanted to to play this clip where he, he shows it to the crowd for the first time. So let's get a camera. I've got a pocket
3: right here. Now this pocket's been the one that your iPod's gone in, traditionally. The iPod and the iPod Mini fit great in there. You ever wonder what this pocket's for? I've always wondered that. Well, now we know because this is the new iPod 9.
1: So I loved watching these videos back to back because you can see the confidence of Apple and of Steve Jobs growing with you know, each keynote. And the, there's the first iPod keynote, which is kinda of subdued and and you know there's a small audience and now there's a, you know, the perfectly timed joke or the you know the, the, the this uh big reveal for, for the nano for the you know the front pocket and it's just you can see the company changing with the keynotes and you can see the iPod growing and by reflection Apple growing as a company, which is now a much, much more mainstream company.
2: Yeah. Um and it's it's confidence and it's it's showmanship. They get flashier with these things. You know, they started in town hall with like a projector and now jobs is pulling a tiny iPod out of like the little like uh you know, tiny little pocket in your jeans. Where is it's, this? Is
0: it like Macworld or something?
2: This is
1: uh I guess it's here, but when I went.
2: Well September two thousand so September was their music event, so yeah, probably um yeah, the conference center in San
0: Francisco. That's a special event,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. In the fall, so like two thousand four, two thousand five, like all the way to like two thousand seven or two thousand eight, maybe even two thousand nine. Apple did a a September or sometimes October music event right. where they would do all these iPods, um, and so it kind of became an annual thing. And and the showmanship, like I said, just gets gets better. And even here in two thousand five, they harkened back to two thousand one and say a thousand songs in your pocket, impossibly small. It's 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 that confidence of you know what we said four years ago still true and we can improve on it and and continue to stay on message for four years. Um and it, it was impossibly small. I remember seeing this, Federico, your notes mirror mine. Yeah. The first time I saw a nano, I, I really was I was shocked at how small something like this could be.
1: Yeah, the the iPod mini I saw the iPod Mini at school and I know that I wanted that. And then a couple of years passed and I got used to to my ugly Acer MP3 player. I didn't pay much attention to Apple or to the iPod in general. I just knew that there was this iPod thing in the world and people were buying iPods and I didn't have the money to buy an iPod. And then in 2007... I was in Benicasim, uh, in Spain, at a music festival, and a friend of mine let, uh, let me use his uh, iPod Nano for a full afternoon, uh, because it, it was um, I guess it was it was at the beach, and I just wanted to rest and, and you know and and listen to some music before a, oh yeah, it was before a Albert Hammond Junior concert, and I needed to listen to his first album, so he he gave me his, his iPod Nano, and I was just my mind was blown by the you know the portability of the device and the fact that it had like dozens of albums and and, and so many songs and, and it was just so tiny and light and from that moment I was like okay I remember that Apple was cool and that I wanted an iPod mini but this iPod Nano thing that I'm trying is just amazing. So when I came back, I knew that I wanted an iPod but I eventually bought an iPod classic because I, I I wanted more storage and and I was still amazed by and it was it wasn't just the device in itself you know that it was small and light it was the combination of the the hardware and the lightness and the software it was so easy to use and a, and for me a huge selling point was the the color screen that I could see album artwork because yeah. I was used to this Ugly and pixelated LCD display, which was you know black and white, and for me, being able to see the artwork was huge selling factor.
2: Yeah, and it, that is something that they had introduced in the iPod Photo, I think the same year. Um, which is another—if we had an additional five hours, we would—I think the iPod Photo would have made the cut to talk about. But it definitely brought that that display and that sort of richness. Um, downstream to to the the more affordable device. And it's it's interesting to see, like, the software features they talk about. So there's, like, photo support, there's a world clock, uh, a calendar. Um, The stopwatch I still think was a brilliant addition because if the Mini was made for running, the Nano definitely was. And I think a lot of people worked out with it. And so to be able to, like, run laps or, you know, time somebody else doing something – was like a very common use case for how people use the iPod nano and and so just to have it right there on the device was a was a really really good addition.
0: I like that Steve is kind of like going through this this graveyard of competing devices when he's comparing <laughs> how small the nano is to other things yeah. and he shows like the iriver, the creative Zen player. And then at one point he shows off the Razor and calls it the coolest phone. Um, yeah. Until he remembers that the iTunes phone was announced in the keynote too, which I think is hilarious. Yeah.
2: This is the coolest phone on the market until today with the iTunes phone. If you don't know anything about the iTunes phone, there's a link to Five Twelve Pixels. I wrote a thing in 2009 about it. Uh, that is a crazy device. Like I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> it felt like
0: they had to make a deal for something else and did yeah. this as well. Yeah. <laughs> like fine, you can put a hundred iTunes songs on a phone. Um, it felt like I mean when I think back I'm like maybe maybe singular involved in some way and they wanted to try and get friendly for the iPhone. It just seems so weird like it's there was so many things wrong with that product. Yeah, it's pretty pretty odd. Um, so the
2: nerd stuff I'll cover my end of it here. Uh, no FireWire support. They said they had to drop it for thickness because the chipset was too big. Um, so it was USB two. It was also the um. It came in black, which is really cool. It was not the first iPod to come in black. Uh, the U2 iPod, which there's some show note uh, links to, to some things about the U2 iPod, um, <laughs> which is just awful looking. so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> it so um, uh, was black. But the Nano really looked cool in black until, unfortunately, this first generation Nano, like, they all got scratched up really badly. And some of them, like, exploded or caught fire. So there was a recall. Like it kind of had some quality issues, but you know it's it's first in Apple hardware. What do you expect?
0: They scratched up, man. Ooh. Yeah, they that was bad. Like that, they were rough. They, really beautiful, but they the, the backs of those nanos scratched up really bad.
2: Yeah.
1: So, um, uh, guys, I'm um, I I have a. Good news for you! I remembered a few details about the Motorola iTunes phone. Oh, thank you. So, so <laughs> I dug up an article that I that I remember from from Wired from a couple of years ago, and it's gonna be in the show notes. And there's a, the backstory of the Motorola deal with the with the Razer phone. Uh, basically, they they couldn't get many many details right, and Essentially, they they had to release this phone because the deal was done. Uh, Steve Jobs was not happy about the phone, and you can read more in the in the article, which is called uh, "How the iPhone Blew Up the Wireless Industry."
2: Hmm. Um, you know what's really impressive is Apple sold a million of these in 17 days. They had an event, uh, I guess a month later. Actually, the event I think that I just watched with the iMac. Um, 17 days to sell a million devices was really quick at the time. And I think it really speaks to just the sort of overall likability of the Nano, that it was portable. It was cheap. It was basically invincible unless you scratched it. Um, just that it was a, a really popular device. And I think even more so than the mini, the Nano to me at least is the gateway to the modern Era of devices from Apple that it's solid state it has a really nice screen uh it's really gorgeous, like both the white and the black those original nanos really look good a lot of the subsequent nanos look good um they have they're on like seventh or eighth generation nano now, and for the most part they're all really attractive and and so this is sort of the, the apple's entrance into and if the mini was dabbing their their toe in the fashion waters, the nano for sure especially when they went. And back and added colors in the second gen was
1: definitely a a fashion accessory
0: i like forgot the nano existed still
1: the nano has always been the device that apple used to to experiment with stuff because i remember yeah. when they when they uh, did the kind of watch like nano which yeah, was the
2: si- six uh, gen
1: it was pretty popular with my friends I I had a, fr- a normal <laughs> friend of mine who was using the the iPod Nano as a watch. Oh, that was then, a terrible idea. Yeah, I know, but it was kind of cool, you know? Because it uh, because it was at the moment when when Apple was a big company, so using an iPod as a watch, it wasn't so weird after all. And I mean, it looks better than most watches today. I still. disagree with that. <laughs> knew disagree that. With I that. knew that. I knew that. Cuz
0: that's just that's just wrong. The iPod that...
1: Nano as a watch looks better than the Moto 360. Oh,
0: Federico, out. you're just trying to upset me. I can't believe hey, that ah, you think hey. that. Boys, simmer down. It's the first week back together.
2: No. Don't so... kill each other yet. He's trying to upset uh, me. I I reviewed the iPod <laughs> Nano as a watch. I agree that it's kind of terrible as a watch. Um uh now Three years later, uh, sort of ashamed of my headline on 512 pixels, but I will let it stand. Um, but yeah, the, the Nano did change a lot. Uh, they had tall versions. They added a video camera at one point, which is incredibly stupid. They had a little short, squatty version. Um, I think they changed it to keep it new, to keep it fresh. If your sibling got a new Nano for Christmas and it looked different than yours, you had Envy. And at one hundred forty nine bucks. Sort of a impulse purchase for a lot of people to go out and upgrade to the new Nano, um, so it's it's brilliant and and I've, that's what's impressed me in watching all these keynotes. You know, within the span of a couple of days, that Apple knows what they're doing. Like the way the iPod family has evolved over time is not accidental. It is uh, methodical, and I, I think our our next device that we're getting ready to get into, the iPod Touch, is maybe the prime example of that um of apple growing in a very specific direction with very
1: specific features to land a very specific market so the iphone has been released uh in the summer in the united states and now people know what apple has been working on when it comes to uh to the phone and the touch interface so the, uh, there's a september event uh and steve jobs is unveiling the the, the new uh the future of the iPod, and it's talking about how to date they uh, they, uh, they have sold over 100 million iPods, and uh, it's showing a graph with uh, the iPod sales to date. Uh, the iPod market is still growing, and so he's, he's, he's talking about the future of the iPod and he's talking about the popularity of the iPod Nano. And he says that the iPod Nano is the most popular music player in the world and in history. And, and, and I, was watching the, the, I was watching the video and uh, it, you can tell that Steve Jobs was really a fan of CoverFlow because at every occasion that he has to show off CoverFlow and how it's beautiful to scroll through your albums, it just seems so happy. And uh, and it, and it's kind of sad that Coverflow is basically gone from 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 everything. Who at this used
0: point. it? Like other than a demo, did anybody ever use Coverflow?
1: I guess it was just cool. Yeah, I, don't so, know. I mean, like
0: it was a cool little like demo thing yeah. you could do. Be like, hey, look what this does! And, oh wow, it's all my album artwork. Never use it again because it's yeah. a bad
1: way to choose music. <laughs> yeah, it's super slow, and uh, they should have been called. Cover slow. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, 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 uh, Jobs is talking about, and Steven, I saw your notes and uh, you had this thought as well. As, Jobs is talking about uh, the iPhone. And he goes, Well, the iPhone is the best iPod. But today, today we're announcing the iPod Touch, which is also similar to the iPhone, but it's still an iPod. And the audience grow." Goes crazy, basically, and 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 it's kind of it's kind of strange uh, because this is more this is closer to us in terms of modern history. We know that the iPod Touch, as always kind of being like the fake iPhone in a way, in a good way, right? It's Because yeah. it's like the iPhone, but not really an iPhone. And so the iPhone announcement, we got big reveal with the phone, the iPod, and the internet communications device. It's the best iPod ever, but we still thought that we wanted to do an iPod with the same features, but less. And it's kind of weird.
2: It is weird. And I think... I can appreciate it from Apple's perspective that the iPod was so incredibly successful, and at this point, the iPhone's only been out for a couple of months, and um, the first iPhone wasn't a huge barn burner at first. It, it took a little while to definitely to reach iPod status, and of course, now it's just gone crazy. And so, I can kind of see Apple's hesitancy to say, um, you know, put the iPhone branding, uh, the iPhone OS branding, even like we'll get into this, but Apple Steve doesn't really like talk about the iPhone OS. Any, he talks about like, we have Safari for iPod touch and it's part of the iPod. It's like, well, that's not really true. That software is basically identical to the phone, but I can see Apple just sort of like holding on to the iPod name as long as possible because it was so popular and so successful.
1: Well, and I guess we can also see how even if they don't mention the iPhone OS specifically, you can see how Apple is starting to diversificate the offer uh by putting iPhone OS on multiple devices, which would be in, in the in the a few years later we would have the iOS on the phone, on the iPod, on the iPad, and even on the Apple TV, even if it's not uh, publicly advertised at, as I, uh, iOS and iPhone OS before and uh, and I guess you can see that uh there's a the event for the iPod touch is of course less epic than the iPhone one because it's not so new anymore but Steven is still kind of showing off the interface and explaining how the interface works uh, which is kind of strange to look back because we, you know that there had been the big iPhone keynote and you know that people were used to the interface and now we are very much used to the interface, but still it, it, it's, it seems like people still needed some kind of explanation. Or maybe it's just that Steve Jobs wanted to demonstrate how the iPhone could be, the software could be available on an iPod because the, the big theme of this event is that it's trying to send a message that everything that is possible on an iPhone which was the future, right? Thanks to Apple's design team is now possible on a music player too. So the big theme is that your music player is now a portable computer. Your music player is now kind of like an iPhone. And that's the uh, recurring theme throughout the old, the old keynote.
2: Yeah. They demo, for instance, he demo Safari as a new product, even though he had demoed it for the iPhone months before. Um but again, there's some genius to his keynote. They they keep showing, if you watch the video, they keep showing slides of the iPod Touch and there's icons missing on the home mm-hmm. screen. So one is Safari. They fill that in. We see Safari. He actually demos the New York Times website, which he does on the iPhone keynote as well as the iPad keynote a couple years later, which is interesting. Um, and then they bring the, they reveal uh, YouTube, which a guy like, I think Fist Pump Guy's grandfather yeah. is here. He like screams about, Free videos to watch, which is really funny. We didn't want to stop there, though,
3: because we love entertainment. And so what better way to provide even more entertainment than millions of free videos on YouTube? <laughs> so we're building YouTube in.
1: Millions then, of free videos. It's just yeah! <laughs> Because it's so new, right? It's millions yeah. of free videos. You don't again, have to
2: pay. <laughs> the YouTube video, the YouTube app was already on the iPhone. It was just... Hey, this is, like you said, Frederick, you said it really well. It's much better than how I was thinking about it, is that your music player can now do this. It's not an iOS device, it's a music player that does all these cool things.
0: Yeah, because the concept of iOS device doesn't exist at this point, really. Yeah, right. Um,
2: And then something truly new, the iTunes Wi-Fi music store, which the name itself implies some of the limitations... That it didn't work well. (laughs) A the iPod Touch only had Wi-Fi, and like they make a big reveal about the uh, the antenna, like the Wi-Fi antenna on the back of it. Um, But Wi-Fi only downloads, but downloads of of music. And I remember when this first showed up. Like I bought some music this way, like at work. Like you know, hey, a new someone. It's a Tuesday at the Apple Store, and a, a new album is out, and. Um, you can just download it right to your device and then sync it back to iTunes. And, uh, you know, now in a world where I can download or stream anything to any device anywhere, like this is the beginning of that. And <laughs> really only seven years ago, which is nuts, but a, a pretty big breakthrough. Um, and it, one that would prove to be increasingly important as iTunes on the desktop has become more irrelevant and people are experiencing media more and more on a device that fits in their pocket.
1: Two of my favorite moments in the in this keynote uh, are when uh, when Steve Jobs says customer sat, you know, the surveys are in
3: and the customer satisfaction numbers on the iPhone are off the charts. The customer sat numbers are higher.
1: So we know that it's not just a Tim Cook thing. <laughs> <laughs> And the second one, possibly better, is w- this is before the App Store, right? This is 2007. Yep. And, <laughs> and when he's showing off Safari, and it he says, I want to show you a really cool app that Facebook wrote.
3: And uh, so here's all my friends in Facebook, and I can go into any of those, and I've got an inbox right here.
1: And it's not an app. It's the Facebook website, of course. It's the mobile web app. And it's just so, like happy to, to show off how Facebook, this cool new social network that people are using, they have an app for the, for, the, for the iPhone and, of course, for the iPod Touch because now you can use apps on your music player on the web uh, through Wi-Fi because another big theme of this event is that Steve is unha- unhappy about uh, Wi-Fi login pages So uh, and he he says we built Safari so Wi-Fi is not useless anymore when you get a login page your music player has a browser and you can fill in the credentials and he was particularly upset about Stanford University putting (laughs) a login page on their Wi-Fi network he hates Stanford (laughs) (laughs) the thing that really got me was even walking through Stanford University
3: to use their Wi-Fi network you're given a web page and you have to log in with that web page. If you can't do that, you can't get on most Wi-Fi networks outside of your home
2: and office. To Steve's credit, uh, I will say <laughs> the, um, the Wi-Fi at the our local hospital um, at uh, St. Jude is really crummy on iOS. Like even today, like you go and join the wireless network and then now, thankfully, iOS 7 and higher remembers the password. But like yeah. it's like And occasionally, it just like throws it back up. Like I'm in Tweetbot, and then like Tweetbot crashes, and I have to go to Safari, and oh, I have to sign back into the Wi-Fi page. It's
1: it's terrible. It's it's so strange to remember a time when where Wi-Fi was a privilege, and now it's kind of obvious for us.
2: But my issue with the whole demo is like that's a very chicken and egg problem. Like if you don't have Safari, like who cares if you don't have Wi-Fi? I guess to have the store but I don't know uh, it's it's sort
0: of funny. Yeah that is a good point. It's not a problem is it? Like it's not a problem unless you have a web browser I get what you're saying it is very chicken and egg it's like well we don't need it there unless there's a web browser there yeah I get you but he is saying that people are trying to start to implement it and failing and it's because there's no keyboards and there's anyway yeah but I I get what you're saying it's quite interesting
1: And the, and of course the the one of the last announcements is that the iPod Touch is going to be the first uh, touchscreen device that Apple is going to ship uh, outside the US. And that's big. Yeah, that's big because uh, I, after the iPod Classic, the iPod Touch uh, was my first, uh, I guess, iPhone OS device. Same here. I, yeah,
0: I was able to get a touch before the iPhone was available. Yep.
1: Yeah, same. Well, actually, there's there's a there's a funny story about my my former boss buying an original iPhone and then basically forcing me to buy it because he, he didn't know how to use it. But I you think know, he told that on the iPhone.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's another yeah. story. Yeah, um, yeah, interesting. And the Touch today, you know, Apple doesn't break out sales numbers, but I think the iPod Touch today is still a pretty important product. I would imagine that it's the best selling iPod um and it's it's sort of a big deal because it's with kids and even in the classroom like there's some ipod touch one-to-ones floating around the ipad has offset a lot of that but i think the ipod touch is still an important relatively important product to apple and and in a second we're going to talk about the last dates that ipods were updated <laughs> and the ipod touch is the most recent and the most frequently updated and i think that speaks to its importance because it is a full-fledged iOS device and. Even though it doesn't have an LTE option, which I would love an iPod touch that you could buy with LTE like like an iPad. Um,
1: well, the iPad still... is just a big iPod touch, so
2: Yeah, it's fine. Fine. You can't do real work on an iPad.
0: Yeah. Um You can on an iPod though.
2: Yes. On a yeah, that click wheel really makes it easy to scroll through your contacts and look up someone's phone
0: number. <laughs> you also can on
2: smartwatches, but anyway. It's five told.
0: To to close that off, Mike,
2: tell us about our awesome friends at the Omni Group.
0: I will do that. Um, Omni Group are our uh, final sponsor for this week's episode, and we love them very dearly. And I would like to today talk a little bit about OmniFocus. So uh, very recently, uh, the Omni Group have released uh, the OmniFocus 2 for the Mac. It features a brand new design that feels right at home after you've used OmniFocus 2 for iPhone. And if you... Don't mind me saying on the group is gonna feel right at home on Yosemite as well. I feel it's it's very it feels very nicely in that interface. There's a new uh, standard version of Omnifocus with a cheaper price of just $40. This allows you to get a handle on all of your projects and gives you all of the features you're going to need to stay productive. You can easily sync with Omnifocus for iPhone and iPad with Omni's own free sync server, allowing you to stay in control no matter where you are. You can take advantage of Omnifocus 2's incredible forecast view to get a quick glimpse of your day, week, or month. You can easily see all of your tasks and appointments in one screen, allowing ...allowing you to effectively plan out your day. Personally, I live in forecast mode on my Mac and on my iPhone. I think right now I probably couldn't live without it. It really, really helps me plan out how my days are going to go... ...and work out where my projects are. OmniFocus 2 for Mac also features a slick review mode... ...which allows you to quickly check out the status of all of your projects... ...so you can, in one glance and in one view... ...so you can easily see how you're progressing. If you want to really dig into OmniFocus... ...and once you do, you're really going to wonder how you got by without it... You're going to want to live in this application. And they also have a pro version of OmniFocus 2, which offers some additional fantastic features like AppleScript and custom perspectives. And don't forget, OmniFocus 2 for iPad should launch alongside iOS 8 to really complete this fantastic and beautiful suite of applications. There is currently a version of OmniFocus 2 for the iPad out, but uh, sorry, for OmniFocus for the iPad out, but OmniFocus 2 is coming with iOS 8. If you want to find out more about OmniFocus, go to Omnigroup.com slash OmniFocus. OmniFocus 2 is available directly from the OmniGroup's website or the Mac App Store. So that's OmniFocus from the OmniGroup. Your life in perspective.
2: Such a, I was so excited when they were going to help us get Relay going. It's it's such an excellent app. I mean, I, I live in OmniFocus. I can't imagine doing my job without it. It's It's critical to everything I do. I love them. Thank you. What's um. not what's not so critical to Apple at least seems to be the iPod <laughs> these days. Especially uh, the just,
1: classic. Oh
2: god. Let's so listen to these dates, okay? So this is um these are the dates that the iPod various iPod models were last updated. Uh the iPod shuffle, which we didn't even talk about, uh it has no display. It its whole thing was like life is random and play music randomly. You can sync things to it and play in order as well. Last updated in September of 2010. So four Seriously? years ago. Man. Yep. The Nano, uh, which it went from the watch face that we talked about to, they sort of went back to a candy bar, but it's a touchscreen and looks like iOS, but has round icons. It's very strange. <laughs> I, own, I own one of those iPod Nanos and I gave it to my brother. I was like, forget it. I'm done. Um, the start of spite. Yeah. So, well, I just, I don't like touch devices that I exercise with. I just, I want it. Anyways, uh, September 2012, so two years ago. The iPod Classic. uh, Now, this date of September 2009, which is five years ago, is a little bit incorrect because they have tweaked the hard drive sizes over time. They had two models, and they just went back to one model. It's just one model now. Uh, But more or less the same since September 2009. And the iPod Touch, again, uh, an iOS device, technically last updated... uh, just in June, but really the year before. Um this this year in June. They used to have two models of iPod Touch and then they they consolidated them. It still runs. Federico, correct me if I'm wrong. The iPod touch still has an A5 processor in it.
1: Uh yeah.
2: Yeah. And uh yeah. uh <laughs> sure. lower lower res camera. you heard that look at me, I do work on iOS. Um mm. it has an A5 processor in it. Older iOS device, but um even then, not updated as often or frequently as frequently as the iPhone. Definitely not as powerful as the iPhone.
1: I do have the iPod Touch. You know why? Because it's the device I use for the betas.
2: Yeah, it's just Mike. Mike, you have one. <laughs> yep. I actually shipped it to you yep. <laughs> from Ten- Tennessee to London, and it was uh, not super fun. Anyways. That was so it. So it's a it's a very... Did you set your iPod Touch on your mic? Yes. Uh, so... Federico, you're going to walk through the sales numbers. And it's it's very clear that, to me at least, I think this is somewhat of a cycle that, yes, the iPod is becoming less popular because of the iPhone and because of streaming music services and because of a hundred different reasons. But as they've become less popular, Apple has sold less of them, so they update them less frequently, so they sell less of them, so they update less frequently. Um, but these numbers, and we have a chart uh, from a website called Mac Stories, sure. um,
1: I hate that website.
2: <laughs> it should be responsive. You should do responsive design. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what year is this? Uh, so, so walk us through this. How's the uh, yeah, iPad
1: doing? It's a slow death, basically. Uh, I was looking at at, um, at the last, uh, at the numbers from the last quarter, from July. And basically, the iPad represents 1% of the company revenue. And to date... Apple has sold just shy of 400 million uh, units, uh, to be cow. precise, 394 million iPods sold to date. From I don't have the breakdowns for uh, individual lines of iPod, but still, yeah. um, the iPhone has sold more units, by the way. And so you can see, especially if you look at the last 12 quarters, you can see starting from the holiday quarter from 2011 uh you can see this uh, basically the the iPod the iPods decline just becomes clear because you can you can see uh the holiday quarters uh started to 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 see sales cut in half between 2013 and 2014 wow. and then each quarter uh, basically, the iPod has now settled uh, below the 3 million units sold uh, each quarter. It, it used to be uh, 7, almost 8 million units uh, per quarter, and now it's less than half. So. Obviously, uh, like you said, Steven, it's it's a problem of Apple not caring much about the iPod, so people can see that and people uh, don't buy new iPods because there are no new iPods. But also, I guess the bigger problem is that the iPod is now a feature, uh, the iPod and and the idea of pl- m- playing music, you know, listening to music and is is now an app, whether it's uh, the music app or whether it's you know, uh, Spotify or Audio or Beats Music, which Apple bought. Uh, listening to music is not a product, uh, it's become a feature. It's become something so obvious that it can be an app that you download. Or it can be iTunes, still, if you're subscribed to iTunes Match or if you still like to sing music locally. But clearly, the future is something like Beats Music or something like iTunes Radio. And of course, there are still uh, Apple is still making, you know, iPods. As you said, as you noted, Stephen, with the dates, uh, the iPod Classic, which is the, you know, the, the the traditional, the classic iPod, was updated five years ago. And so I was thinking about the iPod, and I was thinking about the evolution of the iPod, and I kind of wanted to talk about the impact of the iPod through history and and the kind of change that the iPod brought. So what started as a as a breakthrough product has, in my opinion, become feature. But in becoming a feature, the iPod has left us with a message, I think. And the message and, and the, the importance of the iPod is that in creating a portable device focused on a single feature, Apple didn't just make, didn't just focus on the specifications of the device, didn't just focus on the hardware because it was, you know, because it was new hardware. It, they didn't just market a click wheel. They, they sold it like a way of life, I think. If, if you care yeah. about music, if you love about music, we're not just giving you a cool piece of hardware. We're giving you a life companion. We're giving you a pod, an extension of yourself, an extension of your, of your habits. And if you're a music listener, if you love music... You're going to want the iPod not not because it's got the super fast hard drive, not because our headphones are the best, and not because we have the best LCD displays, but because we're giving you a lifestyle and because the iPod is the best way to listen to music. And we can see that through history, other companies have copied this approach. And if you look at MP3 players before the iPod, and after the iPod, you're going to see basically the same image on Google search if you search for smartphones before the iPhone and after the iPhone. (laughs) And the same is true if you look for headphones before Beats and after Beats. These are products that maybe with time they become obvious and maybe with time they become features, but they do leave a lasting appeal and a lasting message. And the appeal of the iPod is that especially in light of Apple making or at least being rumored to make a wearable device if you don't care about fashion in the sense of how people are going to integrate the device in their daily lives if you just focus on the tech without you know caring about the human part and and the lifestyle part you're going to miss on a big opportunity and i and i and i think that's the the big message of the iPod
2: yeah and i think I mean, you guys make fun that I'm an old man, but I think our generation is particularly suited to appreciate the iPod. That for me and for you guys, you know, uh, I was in high school when the iPod came out. I got my first one of the third gen as a kind of a graduation present. Um, that it... We were the right age where music was very influential. You know, it's very influential in most people in their teens and, and early 20s. And it connected with us in a way that for me, at least computers really didn't and computers connected with me more than most people. Um, But the fact that I could have an iPod, I could have all my music on it, that my, my music was part of my identity. And, you know, it was a very personal thing to hand somebody your iPod and let them scroll through it, you know, it still is. It still is to a degree. Like it's weird like if you see someone's shared iTunes library or an audio playlist or a Spotify library. Like the music you listen to is a very personal thing and and I the iPod made it even more so that you could just be cocooned with your music, with your iPod, with your earbuds, and have an experience alone was very powerful and one that to this day still resonates with me. I still listen to my iPods, I fall asleep some nights and it made what the iPod did more than any other device that i can think of is that it made technology personal that yes and we've talked about it that computers went from mainframes to laptops and and in that the personal computer became personal and that's absolutely true but with the iPod it feels different it feels like something that is an extension of you and smartphones have just ridden that train further that if it was weird to hand over your iPod to your girlfriend to flip through music, it's even odder to hand somebody your phone um, because your phone says so much more about you. And is a wearable going to say even more? Probably. And I just think that Apple tapped into that. And three of us, at least, you know, being in our mid to late 20s, like we were the perfect age. We were we were right there. And I think that's why this is such an important thing to us.
0: And it's worth mentioning as well, because I think that it gets... The the, the names and the words have got abstracted over time. Podcasts come from the iPod. Like, that's where that name comes from, because it was a way of getting these sort of, like, on-demand audio broadcasts onto your iPod. Like, there was an app, like, one of the first apps was called Lemon Podder, if I'm remembering correctly, before Apple then integrated... um, podcasts into itunes and it was because it was a way to get these sort of broadcasts onto your ipod and i mean i remember installing all the software needed to do that and i remember watching video podcasts on my video ipod and syncing i remember you know waking up uh, early on a wednesday morning so i could sync MacBreak weekly onto my ipod before i left for, for school or for work or whatever and it, it, for me like the the iPod was as important for podcasts as it was for music. And, and it enabled me to fall in love with that medium as well. Um, so th- this product is such an interesting thing. And I want to ask you both one final question before we wrap up today. Um, and I'll start with you, Stephen. Is there anything left in this product category?
2: Of portable music player? iPod. I uh, I mean... I think to a degree, I think of all the iPods that are left today. I think the classic still exists for people like me who do want all their music with them. And the nano and shuffle still is for people who work out. But I think we are becoming increasingly marginalized. And I think that if, if we look back in another five years, they're going to be gone. Um, I think that the iPod is very near to the end of its life. And I'm honestly surprised that there's still four models. I really would have guessed that by now the classic at least would have gone away or that the shuffle would go away. I, th- I think the nano will probably if I were to go out on a limb would say will survive the longest uh, besides the iPod touch. So I don't, there's definitely nothing outside of Apple that's worth talking about. And even within Apple, the conversation is becoming
1: shorter and shorter.
0: What about you, Federico? What do you think?
1: Well, I don't think that there's a much of a future for the iPod as a as a dedicated music device. I don't see Apple getting into the um, high fidelity uh, audio playback. Uh, I'm thinking of the device that uh, I guess Neil Young wants to sell about you know trying to playback music with the highest quality uh, on a portable device. Uh, uh, honestly, I most of the stuff that the iPod could do uh now you can do on an iPhone or on a tablet and even the addition of apps and games now you have those on your phone so i do believe that the iPod as a as a device that you as a product that you buy and that you keep with you that's that's going away especially if apple is 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 really uh Building this wearable device for people who work out—that uh, could be a solution and a replacement to the iPod Shuffle and Nano. Uh, but the iPod as a, the iPod as a vision, the iPod as an idea, right? Uh, the importance of music in our daily lives more than movies and and books, because movies and books are something that you have to consume actively, right? You have to sit down and watch a movie or read a book. Music is is something that that keeps you company when you're doing something else. So wanting to give a market to music, I don't think that's going away. And and I do believe that Apple's focus on music can be seen in in the acquisition of Beats Music and the the love, the passion for giving people better music. That will be be around. Whether it's uh, the Beats headphones or whether it's the Beats Music app and or you know the integration with iTunes Radio and and curation for better music, so the iPod as a product may be dead or at least dead soon enough. The iPod as an idea and a, as a as a as a philosophy, you know, as a as a way for Apple to care about music, I think that's going to say.
0: Thank you, Federico, and thank you all for listening to episode one of Connected. It has been an absolute pleasure recording this episode. I hope that you have all enjoyed listening to it as much as we have creating it. I'm so pleased that we're back in action now on uh, our new home, which is at Relay.fm. If you'd like to find the show notes for this week's episode, go to Relay.fm forward slash Connected forward slash one. We are at underscore Connected FM on Twitter. Uh, I am at iMike. Federico is at Vatici. And Stephen is at ISMH. Uh, we would like to thank uh, a specific studio for helping Stephen out today. Stephen, would you like to just give your thanks to your very new fancy recording digs that you're in at the moment?
2: <laughs> yeah, so I'm, uh, I'll be recording Connected out of uh, Fuel Film. They're a, a studio here in Memphis. They're doing some really great stuff with uh, video and nonprofits. And they've been kind enough to lend us uh, their space every week for me to do the show um and so you can check them out fuelfilm.org and uh drop them a line if you uh if you'd like they do they're really cool guys have been great to work with over the last month or so putting this together so thank you to them
0: that's why steven sounds so incredible this week <laughs> uh, i think i have some work to do uh thank you all for listening as i said and uh we'll be back next week um this show will actually be streaming live in the future um, so keep your eye, uh, I know, keep your eye on uh, the the site Relay.fm and on the uh, network's Twitter account, which is underscore Relay.fm and we'll be tweeting out information about the show streaming live um, and that will be uh, most likely next from next week's episode. So keep an eye out for that. That will be uh, interesting.
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll see if, if all the work I've done works.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Until then... Thank you so much, and we'll be back. Bye-bye.
1: Arrivederci.
2: Adios. We're back.